<laughs> Fitz Roman <laughs> and Huckleberry. Hey guys. Hey Jeff. <laughs> How are you two doing? Good, good. I was just reading uh, Doc Walk's uh, mm. summary of this. Is it just me or is Doc Walk getting a little lazy? Yeah, yeah, this is kind of late. I mean, basically, it's just like, yeah, yeah, that's all cyclical. And yeah, later on, you find out. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's like he gets it because it's a comment on his own unity of identity. You're like, is it? Is it Doc Walk? Like, maybe. Right? I'll take your word for it, I guess. Yeah. Hey, happy Halloween. <laughs> you too. So what, so what is what is Hollums? I thought that was like a mistype the first time I saw it, but then I saw it on the Comics Place site too. I just I've called it. I've said Happy Hollumsween for like seven years now. You have? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's cute. Happy Hollumsween. It's cute. I thought it is cute. We Roman <laughs> Statler are going to go down. I got apple cider and like moling spices from Bellwood and made up some nice spiced apple cider. And we're going to go take it down to the comic shop and put whiskey in it and watch all the Halloween um, miscreants wander up and down Holly street from the safety of our mirror or our windowed <laughs> comic shop. And you're welcome to join us if you'd like. <laughs> well, thank you. everybody welcome to batman in quarantine episode number 55 check it confirmed yes we are recording very good check on it, a check night it, check it check it oh yeah fucking a <laughs> i love when roman gets his dj hat on i'm very happy to be with everyone tonight because this episode will go up well frankly it'll go up after an election but tonight we're living in a world where it's roman and jeff it's hollumsween 2020 that's right kids it's october 31st and because of some scheduling mishaps we're recording this in the evening that's right if you can't hear the the, the dusty jangly ghoulish uh cold air you know all all the first words that i said there made me think of django it was like jangly and dusty yeah. and i was immediately all i could think about was how do i get out of this django hole that that's where i thought you myself. were going <laughs> i didn't mean to i just wanted to sort of like cast a spooky vibe right gravestones bats pumpkins i'm doing this podcast by jack-o-lantern light <laughs> I have to assume you are as well. Oh yeah, yeah. There's there's like burning, small burning uh, 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 wicker man effigies everywhere. Not the bees, <laughs> not the bees. <laughs> uh, we're here to talk about that's right, Batman Incorporated, Volume One, Issue Number One. That's probably confusing for people. I don't know. I hope everyone is reading either the omnibus hardcovers, either that, the absolute edition, which I'm reading and has it all gathered Ooh, chronologically. Nice. Um, but there were two Batman incorporated volumes and we're on volume one, issue number one with the Yannick Paquette art. Oh, good. I grabbed the right thing then. <laughs> good. Which one are you reading, Roman? Are you reading that deluxe incorporated and it's got the whole like second half as well. Is that right? It's got like, I don't know. Is this the deluxe one? It's just the, it was on the Morrison shelf at the comics place, and it yeah, looked like the I right wonder. Thing. 
<laughs> yeah, I just can't remember because there was like eight issues and then there was 16 issues. That might just be the first volume. Yeah, this is... Oh, yeah. This is one through eight and Batman Incorporated Leviathan Strikes. Okay, cool. So that's everything that happened, um, gosh, pre-New 52. Um, and then New 52 happened and that's why they had to renumber the volume. Um, oh, and that's, and that's where the zero issue happens for that volume? Uh, yeah, yeah, there's a zero issue for whatever reason between yeah. the two. Or maybe that was just because when DC, I think in New 52, didn't they in the middle of it all do like a zero issue month? I think they did like a... That sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Comic book gimmicks and how we look at them in the past. It's always it's always endearing. Yeah, and I was confused also because I think years ago before New 52 when they had zero hour, they also did zero issues. Oh. So. Oh. <laughs> and there was that whole era where we turned back into the primordial white light of existence and birthed out issues. And since they were all pre-existence, they were all number zeros that time. Yeah. There's probably, right. there's probably like 15 Batman number zeros out there mm-hmm. from various decades. Well, let's get into this Halloween comic festival that we've got right here. This issue uh, is the, sort of the first of this globe-trotting era of Batman, and it sees him going to Japan to try and, um, you know, uh, not recoup, uh, you know, gather. Um, recruit? Recruit, thank you. God, I just, the word was just not there. Recruit um, Mr. Nobody. And that is immediately complicated by the death of Mr. Nobody at the wait, beginning wait, of this. Wait, wait, you mean Mr. Unknown? Fuck off. <laughs> Undo it all. Bring the tape back. Bring the tape back. Um, this is he's going to Japan to recruit Mr. Unknown. But that is immediately complicated by the fact that Mr. Unknown dies on page two two yeah page two or three or something and then we are taken to batman and catwoman doing some gallivanting trying to steal some shit from dr Sivana. then they fly to japan we get some incredibly sexual art of catwoman as drawn by yannick paquette like i'm talking underwear butts sports bras it's like that um are you is it okay to be publishing this in a mainstream comic type of art uh and we're here for it we track down the mr mr unknown's hideout which is beneath a comic shop in japan there's a hostage there's a giant squid monster there's some skeletons <laughs> uh, we we get all into it there's some there's some jokes right out of the gate roman this one um is it maybe the most overtly funny of of like any of this i guess like even one issue in on this era you're like this one's got um it's going for it's going for a tone. It has not been really present in the other two volumes or you know two thirds. No, no. I mean, this one's definitely <clears throat> definitely the uh, the the more fun, um, not jokey necessarily, but it's definitely it's definitely you see the influence of from the Batman TV show. Yeah, of the sixties, um, which I'd forgotten about. But when you get to the end of this issue, there's they totally do it like the end of every episode of the Batman TV show, where there's three questions and and like like will they survive what will they do which charming charming is all get out so okay so let's let's just do some some let's clean the kitchen a little bit let's make sure everyone knows that we're not total hacks lord Deathman is the villain in this issue and the villain in the next issue and that is a character that first appeared as Deathman in a very early issue of batman and then 
was adapted into the Batman, Batmanga, Batman by, uh, I forget his name. Um, I had all these notes and now I'm not looking at them right now, but. I know I just read that in. Jiro Kuwata. Yeah. Yeah. In so, 1966. Yeah, in 66, uh, Jiro Kawada did Batmanga that was re- originally pr- published in like one of the weekly Shonen magazines like Shonen Jump. I think it was like Shonen Ace or something like that. It wasn't actually yeah. Shonen Jump. And he put Lord in the title, adapted Deathman to Lord Deathman. And then this is the first Western comic appearance of Lord Deathman. And it is the first creation appearance of Mr. Unknown, right, Roman? Is that correct? I think so. I don't remember him from anything else. Though I guess if he was living up to his name, we that would be really right be sure, on the money. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so yeah, that's there is some historical context for these characters here, and it, it kind of um, it's cool because it's originally you know an old Batman character, but was adopted to the manga and then comes back in here. And then Morrison does several things like um, I feel like the body double for Mister Unknown. Um, that what's that? And the body double is that like the the guy that shows up with the groceries is does he is that yeah. what he does? Okay. Yeah. And it's it's cuz it's like originally this death man character. I can't remember if it was the original Batman comic or the Bat manga, but it ends up being like he was this person who would fake his death using this crazy yoga technique. Yeah. That like so he could appear to be dead and that way he would So anyway, that that is that character which is <laughs> kind of ridiculous but um yeah the the body double as of this point so we know mr unknown gets killed and then the body double shows up easily disbands of a bunch of baddies and then takes off so i'm almost wondering like is the body double actually the real mr unknown is the mr unknown that got killed was he maybe 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 he's yeah maybe he's because yeah this body double thing for whatever it is whether it's a long con or something he seems to have somebody around who can pretend to be him so he can in that classic sort of like superman hires somebody to be clark kent when he's out being superman type of thing yeah but more than anything more more than the mr unknown stuff more than the lord Deathman stuff i think we're all here to talk about this fucking cod piece that batman has on this title page like (laughs) you know from out of the shadows into the cod piece like it is it is just an unabashed just like i put this triangle over your penis with these strappies um i'm not sure if you're seeing this roman page five and six i think you mean the the alternate cover no sorry the title page the 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 catwoman and batman in the in the the room thing Oh, where is it? Where is it? Look at oh. that. How could you forget it? Boy, yeah, actually, I, it's funny. When I reread this today, I I didn't notice that in any of the panels, but now I remember the first time I saw it years ago. It's like, oh, yeah, that's uh, that's, uh, that's quite a bat cod piece. It's, I'm of two minds about Yannick Paquette. I actually don't particularly care for the art in this one. I think it's like, it's very proficient. And the I think the, it's it's good art i like it um but his art in like swamp thing and after this like gets a little bit more progressive a little bit more in the vein of like jh williams the third a lot more like innovative um paneling you know especially like in that swamp thing one where it's like it's vines and living things are dividing up the panels whereas this doesn't really have any of that like super innovative stuff that he's able to do it's mostly it's kind of I think it looks a lot like Kevin Nolan's art, like kind of like broad chins, 
kind of vanilla flat colored faces not that kevin nolan's not great but he looks like a time and this art kind of looks like that to me yeah yeah it does definitely i can see that the kind of kevin nolan is it's kind of amanda connor-ish and yeah especially the faces yeah, and the faces are, like, really well done. There's a lot of expression in the faces, but they can just be kind of, like, flat and chunky and Brian Hitch-looking costumes. Not a huge complaint, but, you know, as long as... Since our entire life is built around intaking comic books and selling them, uh, you can't help but have... You can't help but split hairs a little bit sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, okay, and on the topic of splitting hairs, that first like five or six pages is the body double of Mr. Unknown and Lord Deathman having kidnapped the original Mr. Unknown and him escaping and everything. Then we go to this scene of Batman and Catwoman and they are extracting some technology from a crazy scientist, which is exactly where like at the end of Batman the Return, what he calls Selina to do. He's like, do you want to go steal? The-? So this is, bam, the next moment they're going to do that. But I read this issue... And then upon going back through it, I was like, wait, like we don't really have any explanation about why Batman and Catwoman are in this place. And I thought this place was Japan until afterwards. No, like very suddenly this scene ends. They like steal this diamond, which is a a big deal later on, apparently. As soon as they steal the diamond, she says, come to Selena. And then it just shows Mr. Bruce Wayne arrived in Narita earlier today. And there's not an explanation of like him realizing he needs to go to Japan. It just sort of like cuts to like two pages later. He's like, I have business to do in Tokyo tonight. How did he get her to go with him? Why did she go with him? He's kind of saying to her like, well, you can do whatever you want while we're here. It it just like, it's, it transitioned seamlessly in my mind at first. And then I went back and looked through, I was like, wait, there's some jumps here. I don't really know why we went to where we went. And, and I didn't realize it even until I actually looked at it. Yeah, um, <clears throat> when I reread it like an hour ago, I at first I just assumed for some reason that that was a flashback to earlier in the day or something when they got there, but I have nothing to base that on except that my my brain filled in the the missing piece. Yeah, I have no idea it filled in incorrectly, or if I don't know, I don't know. Because yeah, there's nothing to indicate that. Oh wait, except that was Savannah's lab, right? And I don't know, Savannah is always, I mean... Shazam, really. Yeah, he's a Shazam villain, but I assume that he's not like Lex Luthor. He doesn't have a lot of money, so I assume his headquarters is in America because that's where Captain Marvel is, (laughs) or Shazam is. Yeah, I just, I don't know... It, you know, and it's not super, super important, but, you know, it's it's kind of even what Django was saying on the Batman Return episode that he likes. Like, he likes a story that's just kind of, like, moving forward constantly and kind of going from one place to another, and I get that. I support that as well, but, you know, I'm also fond enough of Morrison and respect him enough that I do feel like he generally lays seeds a little bit better than happened right here. This is, like, really the first Catwoman we've gotten in this Morrison run, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, other yeah, other than that brief appearance at the end of the previous story aren't storyline. Yeah, so this is it is interesting to get his Selena and you know uh, if people who listen to the Perfectly Acceptable podcast know we're pretty huge fans of the Tom King Batman run and so much of that is built around the relationship between Batman and Catwoman, Selena and Bruce, and I think he did a great job with it. Tom King, especially, I like. I, I feel like this fits in perfectly it with does. the Tom King stuff. Like it feels like a story that would have existed a couple of years before that run took place. 
yeah, reading this, uh, that's what I was thinking too. So I was wondering if, God, I wonder if Tom King kind of based his, or at least was inspired um, by Morrison's characterization of these two characters in the way he writes them. Cause yeah, it feels just like part of that, that relationship. And I love that. It's like, it's not antagonistic, but they have this like almost like competitive children on the schoolyard dynamic that I really, really like you know, like the, you know, like two competitive people before they realize they're in love or something, you know, like that. It, it fits and works really well. I, I, I'm a huge fan of the Batman Catwoman romance dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the mature dynamic that is here and in King's run, you know, without the, cause up until then, I feel like it's always been kind of flirty, but Oh, yep, you're a criminal. So, you know, yeah. most we can ever do is kiss and turns out, no, they're doing a lot more than that. Yeah. And I think this, you know, is a great instance of that, the amount of James Bond that he was trying to encapsulate into this run. Like Batman brings Catwoman along with him just so they can have sex at the hotel while he's out solving mysteries in his hairy chest or hairless chest, actually. Look at that. Not a yeah. Hair in sight. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that, it, and yeah, he brought her because for his own personal reasons, because, you know, he could have had Nightwing or somebody else break into the safe while he was dealing with the robots but no he got catwoman she's in a very high-waisted thong this entire scene so i think we know a lot of the stuff that they're going to be doing in that final (laughs) yeah that final scene and there is a the great like as long as it doesn't involve water i'm in catwoman says which is a great joke that pays off later on yeah and there's even a subliminal i well maybe it's just me but there's a panel that when bruce is about doing his bench presses and the foreground what's in the foreground is just a butt shot of selena it's a big old butt shot room doggy yeah yeah and the way she's holding the bottle i think that's kind of a subliminal i mean look at the way the neck of you're the, right the neck of the bottle's position there I, you're <laughs> right roman you're right someone's about like, to pop a cork if you know what ooh, i mean ooh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, this next scene is bruce and selena in their night costume uh alter egos Batman and Catwoman <laughs> sailing through the streets of Japan on their way to this comic shop that they know to be the secret layer of Mr. Unknown. And I like that Catwoman's like, well, do you know, like, do you know who this guy is? He owns a comic book store, which dope. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> cool. People own comic stores. He says, yeah, it's, it's beneath it. Um, and I'm just excited. I, I figure out his identity. He's going to be pumped. I deduced his identity and he's going to be flattered. I'm going to recruit him. And I like just that, like, do you think do you think he's really gonna like that or i don't know i guess tim drake did that to you and you hired him so yeah i don't know you didn't call ahead of time or anything you know i don't think that i was so i don't hey roman i just don't think i was quite as into hentai when i read this originally as i am now but uh cute <laughs> jokes um but I, I do love i i think i just interpreted Catwoman is just sort of reading manga this whole time, but I think she's definitely found some hentai. Oh, yeah. And she is like, I love that there's all these shots of her, like, just looking at it, like, what the fuck? What is, <laughs> yeah. what are these tentacles doing next to that underpant? Yeah, she's totally like, like, what's the appeal? And yeah, it's definitely tentacle porn. <laughs> Which is awesome because the final page of this issue is her ending up in a room <laughs> filled with water with a bunch of tentacles around her. So that joke pays off as well. 
not that anything happens. Roman, this isn't a pervy podcast, all right? Django's not here. <laughs> we'll, we'll do the pervy version later when Django's yeah. here. Yeah, so we're in here. We, we find the Mr. Unknown uh, headquarters. We find that the dude is dead. We see that Catwoman can speak Japanese, impresses Batman a bit. A fight ensues with these poor boy Rorschach-looking motherfuckers, you know, like, <laughs> uh, like Rorschach masks you got from the dollar store or something. Some more. Do you do you see that second cod piece shot? The one where it's just a whole page of him kicking one of these goons. Oh, yeah. bam! That's I think I, like, I think I think I tried to block those out. <laughs> I just like I don't I don't like a cod piece. I don't think it looks cool. Yeah, they never look cool. I mean, I guess maybe there's some '80s heavy metal guys that it was so ridiculous to look kind of specifically cool in that genre maybe what about possibly, that but... isn't there like that sean connery r.i.p movie where he's like a space and it's got this famously bad costume oh zardoz zardoz yeah <laughs> is yeah. he wearing a cod in that is it a god is it a cod piece or is it just like a a, a banana hammock i can't remember i haven't zardoz. seen it in years. it's a great uh, they fly around on the giant head it's awesome <laughs> is that sean connery oh yeah yeah. Okay, cool. Well, R.I.P. Speak, Sean speak, Connery. Speaking of which, yeah, R.I.P. Sean Connery today. Yeah, it's just a really gross cod piece, dude. It's like pulled up shorts. That's a real bad costume, Zardoz. Yeah. Well, from the waist up, it looks kind of cool. It's very no, 70s. bud. No. <laughs> Are you looking at it right now? You got to pull it up because it's not a good. It's not he's, a good he's one. Got, he's got like the bandoliers. Yeah. There was I can't remember his name in the seventies and eighties. Partway into the eighties, Superman had a best friend who wasn't Jimmy Olsen. And he was an alien, and he was totally based on Sean Connery and Zardoz because he had the, like the same, basically the same costume, bare chested, hairy chest. This was in what? In Action Comics and Superman, and the guys, I can't remember his name. He was an alien. He had he had the Sean Connery mustache that he had, and he was balding. God, I, I don't know whatever. Oh, he was written Vartox. Con- Vartox. He was written out of continuity with like the first crisis. <laughs> yeah, look at that. Hey, take this one, Chris Murphy. Uh, <laughs> November 1974, Superman 281, first appearance of Zard- Vartox based on Zardoz. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I bet Chris Murphy knew that. I wonder, I, I, I wonder, um, I wonder about Chris Murphy's like, comp- you know, like timeline knowledge of non Batman characters. I wonder if it's DC as a whole. I wonder if it's Batman. I, huh. Chris Murphy, you international man of mystery, you. All all comics everywhere. All, he just knows all of it. Steel Trap. He's yeah. like the rain man for comic knowledge. <laughs> you know, when I was a kid, I, I, I saw Vartox first in the comics, of course. And then eventually, like in high school, when I saw Zardoz, I was excited at first because I thought, wow, that Superman character, Sean Connery, played him in a movie. <laughs> and then I saw the movie. I was like, this, wow, I'm confused. There's nothing to do with Superman. Yeah, not at all. Um, okay, so the, the, the dude, the, the poor boy Rorschachs that show up, that Batman and Catwoman fight, give up Lord Deathman. They go to this spot where Mr. Unknown is. And Mr. Unknown, well, I guess the body double, who is maybe Mr. Unknown, or at least his sidekick or something. There's going to be something about um, him taking his identity, I believe, at some point, because he, I think he becomes the character. But he has a standoff. I really like the art of how Yannick portrays Lord Deathman in this sequence. Like, really, like, the, like, the theatrical arm motions, yeah. like, the, the head, like, that is a particularly good bit of Yannick Paquette's art, is his body language, especially for Lord Deathman in the first sequence and in this one. I do like the character design. Um, 
but yeah, he he gets shot and seemingly killed by the Mister Unknown body yeah, devil by, who, by, G- by Jiro. Thank you, yeah, Jiro. Um, and then his last name, I think, is a shout out to um, the creator of Astro Boy. Oh right, yeah, his his name's Jiro. Osamu? Osamu? Yeah, 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 yeah. Tezuka Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, um, that's kind of fun in inside baseball stuff there. But yeah, then it, we're left on this cliffhanger of Catwoman diving down to save this girl. Who? Wait, who was this girl that was kidnapped? It was it's Jiro's girlfriend. Okay. Okay. Because because at the end of this ordeal, she dumps his ass. <laughs> oh, does which she? I, yeah, which I felt bad for the guy. Oh, I haven't gotten to that part yet. Maybe that's the second oh, crap. issue. I'm, Crap! I'm sorry, people. You just I, I, spoiled I, a relationship. Yeah, I got I got excited by this issue and I started to read the second issue and then I stopped myself. So you like this a lot then? So then I just ruined it for people. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I did. I'd forgotten. I mean, this is it's such a tonal shift, but it is a lot of fun. It's it's so like nonstop action and it's funny and it's cool. And apparently, according to Doc Walk, this series is going to be about Batman teaming up with people. And, yeah. and of course, recruiting and training new bat people, which is cool. I, this this whole thing at the end of like she falls through to this apartment room that's just a room filled with water. I haven't been able to make that fit in my head in the like ten years it's been since this has come out. Like, yeah, you can't have an apartment <laughs> building in a high rise filled with water. Wouldn't the windows break? I don't know. Yeah, and and I noticed in the art the windows there is water streaming. Yeah, like, but well, not breaking. There's the but, cute but, kind of reference earlier. The landlady talking to Jiro. She's like, I keep getting complaint complaints about dripping. Yeah, there's a lot of dripping going. And Jiro says again in the beginning of the second issue, Jiro does say to Batman, "How is this possible? How can you fill an apartment room with water? And what? How? This is impossible." That's the second issue. Yeah, and Batman doesn't answer him because you know there is no answer. That sounds like great content for next week, Roman. Okay, well, let's cut, edit this out, and we'll okay. save it for next week. Right. Just, just, right. just shove a little sound you're bite like, in the next week. You're like Django. You're like, just edit it. Just do more editing, Jeff. Just, <laughs> just do, do your magic. I, it'll take like two minutes. Come on. <laughs> oh, doesn't it always just take two minutes, though? I liked this one more than I remembered liking it. It is such a drastic change in tone, and I am not... I don't have any fond feelings for, like, James Bond, gallivanting. I think oh. I didn't... Um, can't you know, today of all days. Yes, I know you're right. <laughs> uh, Hollum's Ween. I think that probably Con- like I don't know. I think like the womanizing of James Bond really bummed me out. But I think that like this is you know like I think I I didn't view it in the like consensual fun um, globe trotting that like sometimes you're a guy who dresses as a bat and you're friends with a lady who dresses as a cat and you guys have a lot of sex when you're in Japan. Like, that's okay. No judgment there. Like, certainly no sex shaming coming from this guy, but I don't, I don't know that I was that open-minded 10 years ago. It was like a 20-year-old. Um, and my one sexual relationship at the time. Um, yeah, it, so, so, you know, I, I, I like this. I like this. I'm excited to sort of see the underpinnings, the connections of Leviathan that start here because I really didn't feel like there was much of a th- plot line thread through the first eight issues originally, and there clearly is one. Um, but yeah, it's such a drastic change in tone. I'm excited for it, but I can't say that like I immediately am like, this is the good shit. Yeah. Um, I had forgotten too, and I really enjoyed this first one because it did bring back memories of all the good things about the Batman TV show, except, except that this Batman is much 
a much better character than the Adam West Batman. And no offense to Adam West, but you know, it was the scripts he was given. So this this Batman's much more of a just a, a fleshed out character. And I think that I probably, you know, like there would be more deference coming from me if I had actually watched that Adam West show back in the day. You know, like I, I am missing something that yeah, this is paying homage to. Yeah, oh yeah, because this is totally paced like an episode of the series where it's just like, boom, we're here, boom, we're here, oh, death trap, boom, oh, villains, ah, fight. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, maybe one of these days we'll have to get into that. Um, hey, Roman? Yeah? Can we, uh, can I just take you aside for a second and just uh, read you an email that we got? Y- yes, please, please Oh do. my gosh. Okay, so this is from our great friend, Chris Buquette. And listen, here's the thing about great friends. Sometimes you don't know exactly how to pronounce their last names. That's that's it. Mine's Figley. Romans is Statler. You know, um, I wouldn't blame anybody for not being able to pronounce them. So I'm sorry, Chris, old friend. Um, Chris says, hello. I hope all is going well during your hiatus. Oh, yes. Everyone, thank you for your patience and letting us have an extra week off. Um, life's crazy. Pandemic's crazy. Justin's in school. That's going to be ending soon. We just figured we'd slow down a tiny bit and we'd take an extra week off. Because I was like, yeah, we're going to take a week off. And then during like recording our regular podcast, I mentioned to Rowan, I was like, do you want to record tomorrow? He's like, I thought we were taking a week off. And I'm like, well, yeah, <laughs> but we need to record during the week. Just We'll just stockpile episodes. And he's like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. And I was yeah, like, yeah, was- fuck it. You're right. Never mind. Let's just take a week off. Let's actually take a week off. No, that was just my dumb thing where I didn't realize, oh, from our production as your production aspect of things, we still need to do something. <laughs> yeah, but we took a week off and it was it was good to have done. Um, it's good to only edit one podcast a week as opposed to like the four I've been doing. But I love doing it. It's, I mean, and this recording this is never a chore. I fucking love it. But editing is always a little bit, you sit down at the computer, right? It's not super, super fun. But um, I'm hoping you guys will be back soon with more insights on what I'm increasingly convinced is the definitive Batman opus. I totally agree with you, Chris. Definitive Batman opus for sure. Roman, second that? I do. I do second that. Or third at it. Wherever you fall in. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is the run that was going on when I started getting into comics, and I think it really informed my view of the character, along with Batman the Animated Series, of course. While I always felt the return of Bruce Wayne was a bit uneven, I think issue six is possibly the perfect distillation of who and what Batman is. The idea that Batman was not created when the bat crashed through the window, but when Bruce rings the bell to ask Alfred for help is incredible. It effortlessly explains why a notorious loner is perpetually surrounded by a family he created. He was never alone i agree chris and i wonder you know from the romans and the justins the people that hang out here and maybe you listeners uh, have a little bit of that loner inside of you that maybe that's why we dig that vibe about Grant morrison so much is because um definitely read these comics alone and now to have a community to talk about them is so cool i think that a lot of us come from that place of sort of found family and comics kind of create that Hearing you guys dissect these stories is so nostalgic and comforting. I know what a Herculean effort it is to record and edit so much, but I just wanted to encourage you to keep going. I look forward to your return, even at an understandably reduced pace, because two or three times a week is, quite frankly, insane. P.S. I'm still holding out hope for the Battle of the Cowl as a special episode. I very much remember it not being great, but I still bought Daniel's run on Batman, so I guess the art balanced the scales enough. Totally agree. The art made me buy that whole run. I kept being like, why don't I like this as much? But the art is gorgeous um, in his Batman stuff. I totally want to do Battle of the Cowl. I have it. Roman, didn't you, did you read it Like in the, yeah, while, I, I... while recording this podcast? I feel like you did. Oh, no, I did not. not oh. while, no, I read it back. I, I can't remember if I read all. You these read things. whatever happened to the Cape, Cape Crusader. Yeah, actually, I've still got to sit on my desk because I haven't finished it yet. <laughs> yeah, I would totally do uh, Battle for the Cow. I think that, that is an awesome one. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah, that 
yeah, no reason not to, especially because like we're two thirds of the way through this thing. Um, we only have like 12 weeks left or something. So at some point we're going to need more wow. things like the Morrison documentary and battle for the cow and other things, or just start another podcast. Cause we don't want to lose all of our, our awesome friends. Um, but Chris, thank you for that email. Uh, you know, I wouldn't even say it's a lot of work. We're just, we're having fun doing this, not writing the email, the email maybe took work. I don't know. But the, on our end, you know, it's, it's Hollum's ween and I'm hanging out with my best buddy Roman on a zoom chat. So a reminder to everybody that the Facebook group is up and is awesome. And we got a, we got some recent activity from Eric Anderson on there who is awesome and is an industrial music fan and posted some pretty awesome music comic pairings, um, during RIP any in creepy industrial a la skinny puppy, which is a two, <laughs> a super fucked up industrial band that I love, uh, two dark park or last rights or the albums, uh, would be good listenings. And then, um, neurosis, a sun that never sets for final crisis. Mm. Awesome recommendations. I posted a thing about Carl Sagan and Tesseract Cubes. Chris Murphy has posted a bunch. There's Judd's in here left and right. I love it. There's everybody. Yep, yep. Connor's in there. Connor. Love a Connor Donahue. Just awesome stuff. You're all amazing. Um, so thank you for being a part of it. Loving it. Roman, what else do we got? We got the, Oh, actually, I had one thing I wanted to share that I didn't mention in Batman The Return that I thought was incredibly interesting. Uh, oh, okay, let's return to that. Yeah, just a second. Okay, incredibly interesting may have been a stretch, but <laughs> I so in the first action sequence of Batman the Return, uh, like where let's see if I can remember that was like last week. Oh, I, sorry, sorry. It's I, like I, with with Farouk, Farouk, and like the you know he saves him. Anyway, in the opening action sequence of Batman the Return, the action starts off with an incredible number of references to knowing and not knowing. The verb to know and its negation appear 13 times, sometimes repeated twice in the same speech balloon. The idea of knowing is communicated even more times using different words. One of the men is named Farouk, an Arabic that name, na- means he who knows truth from falsity. Batman is, in comparison to his superpowered allies, a man who knows things. He is a detective, as his enemy calls him, a master detective, and he usually has made victory inevitable at the moment that he discovers what his enemy is up to. So I just thought that like 13 instances of the word or the opposite of the word to know or to not know being brought up in a several page sequence just feels like, you know, I didn't pick up on exactly what that was, but I bet Morrison, you know, like I don't think anyone accidentally has a a verbiage thing happen 13 times over the course (laughs) of like two pages, especially when your brain is as good as his is. Yeah. Yeah. That's gotta be um, um, intentional. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it would mean, but I sure thought it was interesting. He must have so much fun, you know, writing his stories because could, could do things like that. I mean, cause I'm sure just some wild things like, let's see how many times I can put in to know <laughs> in these, in these couple of pages. <laughs> yeah. Or just like, you know, how much of a theme, I mean, like how much of a theme of needing to learn to, or like, you know, knowing or not knowing, how much of it was a theme for him to be like, okay, well, I have to start planting these seeds of clearly illustrating what is not known or the strength of knowing here within these several pages, right? Like, just yeah. an interesting, yeah. I, I loved that somebody counted that and read that. So that was a small thing that I thought that was pretty cool. That really does make me, uh, I'm going to look up real quick here, Mr. Unknown, because I am really curious if he has appeared before this story. Yeah, good call. There is also a small shout out to the super young crime fighter squad of Japan that appears in Final Crisis um, in this issue. Yeah. 
they mentioned him. Uh, this appears to be his first appearance. Yeah, Batman Incorporated number one, 2011, January. Yeah, yeah, it is. Interesting. Yeah, they make a shout out to uh, Aquazon or whatever her name is. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. Um, all right, well, hey, listen, Roman, let's get on out of here, all right? It's Hollum's Ween Eve. Let's, let's, it's the Eve of Hollum's Ween. Let's, no, that was last night. It's the night of Hollum's Ween. Let's go, Hollum's, yeah. let's go get our, let's rock our Hollum's Weenie off. Let's Hollum some weeds. I'm going to go hang out at the comic shop and watch people walk by outside uh, drunkenly <laughs> wandering from bar to bar. And I will be a safe uh, quarantiner and just hang out in a dark room and watch people. That sounds probably pretty creepy. Comic places are uh, safe places. Everyone can visit <laughs> ours. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang out in my, uh, my own dark room at home with the lights out and watch people Ooh, on the sidewalk below. Very spooky. Well, on behalf of these two very spooky boys, um, happy Hollumsween. And we are Batman in Quarantine. This was episode 55. We'll see all of you um, on Tuesday for Batman in Quarantine. Or sorry, Batman Incorporated. It's hard. Batman <laughs> in Quarantine sounds a lot like Batman Incorporated. Yeah, yeah. We could just put that in the name of the podcast now. I mean, Batman in, Cor- Batman in Quarantine Incorporated. Oh, Batman God. Incorporated in Quarantine. Oh. Um, all right. We'll see you all next time. Thank you, Roman. I love you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>